Welcome, welcome to day one of Revelation chapter 22. I'm excited about it because, as you may know, this is the last chapter of the book of Revelation. So this means you've made it through the entire study. You've made it through all of the plagues and all of the trumpets and all of the seals and all of the all of the difficult parts of the book of Revelation. And here we are. This is the sweet spot of this book, the last couple of chapters. I'm glad you made it to the end. The wait is worth it. That is not just true with the last chapter of the book of Revelation. That is true with all of life. That's one of the themes of our life. The wait is worth it. The wait for Jesus to return, it will be worth it. The wait for evil to be removed, it will be worth it. The wait for all to be renewed, it will be worth it because of all that God has planned. Last week, we began looking at that. We did this guided tour or began this guided tour of heaven together. We looked at the new heaven and the new earth and the glories that God's going to create when he restores everything. We talked about the fact that the dwelling of God will be with us. We looked at the, began to look, at least, at the detailed description of the new Jerusalem, its gates made of a single pearl, its foundation stones made of 12 jewels that represented those on the uh, garments of the high priest, and also the names on the gates and on the foundation stones being the names of the being the names of the tribes of Israel and the names of the disciples, the apostles of Jesus, showing that believers, saints of both Old and New Testament will be gathered there together. We looked at the size of this city, 12,000 by 12,000 by 12,000, perfection cube. We looked at the streets of this city, pure gold. We looked at the light of this city, the glory of God, and the Lamb will be the light. There's no need for a sun or a moon because that's all the light that you need. We looked at this place that is dripping with value and drenched in light and draped in beauty. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, that is your future. As you look at your life, never forget that. You may be looking at your life today thinking, do I have a future at my company, the place that I work? You may not. You may have lost your job this week. And you feel like, I don't have much of a future anywhere. The truth is, in this world, we don't have much of a future compared to what God has prepared for us forever in eternity and in heaven. Every one of us, as a believer in Jesus Christ, has an awesome future to look forward to. And if you are not yet sure that you're a believer in Jesus Christ, do not end a study of the book of Revelation without saying, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I trust in you. I trust in your forgiveness and your leadership, your lordship. I want to follow you and not the ways of selfishness that are in this world. Now, I don't know everything that we're going to do when we're in heaven. We began last week to talk about some of the things we're going to do. We're going to serve him. We're going to relate to him. We're going to reign for him for all of eternity. That's where we're headed. That is your future. And Revelation chapter 22 continues this description of heaven, of the new Jerusalem. Let me read for you Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So here we enter into this city that we've been talking about. We've seen the size, we've seen the foundation, we've seen the gates, we see the streets, and we enter in. And what do we see? Down the middle is the river of life. As you walk into this city, what do you see? What do you hear? It's not all noise. It's not all cars. It has more the feel of a garden. And one of the things you see is this river of the water of life, right down the middle of the center street of this city. 
Now, for you and I, as we hear that, the water of life, the river of life, the part that we hear first is life. It's a river of life. But for them reading in that day, the first word they would have heard in the middle of this city was the word water. Any city in Israel in the ancient day, any city in the desert, one of the main concerns was, where is the water going to come from for all of these thirsty people? And they had very many different and most of them difficult ways to get water into the city for the numbers of people who would be there. It was often a well that was dug outside of the city, and people would have to go in and out, in and out, all day long getting water. Every once in a while, you would have a city that had actual aqueducts into the city at great, great effort and cost to get that done. There were many, many creative ways to get water into the city, but you always had to get it in for all of those thirsty people. This city, it has the source of water right in the middle of it, right at the throne. And the river, it flows right all the way through the city. It's available to all. This is the most awesome picture of abundance that they could have imagined. And that's what heaven's like. More abundance, more perfection than you could imagine. And notice on each side of that river, on each side of that river is the tree of life. What what a perfect ending God has decided for us. Remember, we've got this garden setting and there's a tree of life right there. Now, if you've read the book of Genesis recently, that's gonna be a picture that you remember because in the book of Genesis, there was a garden and in that garden, there were two trees. There was a tree of good and evil and there was a tree of life. And God said to Adam and Eve, I want you to eat of anything in the garden. Just don't eat from the tree of good and evil. He didn't tell them, I don't want you to eat from the tree of life. He just said, I don't want you to eat from that tree of good and evil. And because of their sinful nature, what became their sinful nature because of their decision, they decided to eat of that tree of good and evil. They thought it would make them like God. They weren't satisfied with what God had done. Now that tree of good and evil, I believe it gave them exactly what the tree's name is. It gave them a knowledge of both good and evil, a knowledge they could not handle. Only God could know all there is to know about good and evil and never choose to do evil. You and I as human beings, the minute we know about evil, the selfish part of us, it wants to do evil. And they began to follow after evil but there was still the tree of life there. And something happens in Genesis chapter three, verses 22 to 24, that's very significant for what's happening here in the book of Revelation. These are amongst the most important verses in the Bible, but they're often ignored. Let me read for you Genesis 3, 22 to 24. The Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, why did God do that? Why did he guard the way to the tree of life? Because it would have given them eternal life. It would have prevented them from dying as we do now. And God did not want us to live eternally in a state of knowing good and evil, in a state of being separate from him. He wanted us to live eternally in connection to him, in perfection because of what his son has done for us. And so in the Garden of Eden, God prevented them from getting to the tree because he didn't want us to live eternally separated from him, apart from him. But here it is again, that tree, the tree of life. 
Here it is, right in the middle of the new Jerusalem, right in the middle of heaven. And here God does want us to eat of the tree because this is how he wants us to live eternally in connection to him because of the perfection that Jesus Christ has given to us. And on this tree, there are, there are fruits that are being born, 12 kinds, and they are born every month. That is a sign of the completion of perfection in what God has given to us and the life that he gives us. And the fact that they come every month shows that it's always there. This is the kind of life that we're gonna enjoy in heaven. Again, that picture that's at the back of our minds because of what we've seen in movies or because we get bored with our lives today anytime we have to do something for more than five minutes, let alone in eternity, that picture that eternity in any way is gonna be boring or lacking, it's an absolutely false picture. It is a place that's overflowing with life, more life than you could enjoy for all of eternity. That's how much life. That's what we're looking forward to. The fruit, it's born forever. The leaves of the tree, they are for the healing of the nations. Now again, as we said last week, there won't be nations in heaven. We all have one king, Jesus Christ. But all the peoples of all the nations will be there. And God's gonna heal all of those things that have divided us for all these centuries and millennia. Again, here is the picture of restoration and renewal. God's gonna take the pain that was in this earth. He's gonna take the separation and division that was a part of this earth, and somehow he's gonna restore, he's gonna renew. Heaven is not just about God starting over. He's restoring, he's renewing, he's healing what has been in this world. That's what heaven's gonna be like. So let's take a moment just to tell him thank you. Our Father, thank you. Thank you for the truth of heaven. We can barely begin to grasp it. And as we start to, we wonder if it's something too great to hope for. But it is not. It is created by your perfection, out of your love. It is created by a joyful God so that we can enjoy you for all of eternity. So I pray that whatever circumstances we are facing today, help us to remember the truth of our future. Help us to remember the hope that we look forward to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to see some more about the amazing way that God brings us back to the first chapters of Genesis in these last chapters of Revelation. Revelation.